everyone, and welcome to content call number one. We are so excited to have you here, and we're going to be covering some coaching basics today in this first module, in this first content call. It is me and Shelly Whitehouse, our co-facilitator here, our co-coach. Hi, Shelly. How are you? Hi, Lisa. I'm wonderful. Wonderful to be here. Good, 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 good. So Shelly and I will be taking you through in this next 45 minutes, the coaching basics around the ICF core competencies, and then the five levels of listening or what we call the coaching context. So first, Shelly, I think you, you have a few words of wisdom for us as we prepare to hear the material. Yeah, a couple things. One is we want to create the container for our learning together. There's going to be some interaction going on with uh, current students. Occasionally, there'll be anywhere from one to four or five students on the call. And we want to make sure that we have created a safe environment for everyone to share so that they can be vulnerable and transparent and open and provide the best learning for everyone. So in our creation of this sacred container, there's a couple of things that need to take place. One is active listening, and we're actually going to talk about that today in the coaching context, but listening wholeheartedly, and that means not multitasking and having a lot of background noise or things like that going on to the best of your ability, and really listening to what the person is saying and to see if you can feel what they are feeling. And then the other important item is confidentiality. And this applies to every call throughout this course, is that it's very important that we hold confidential whatever anyone shares, whether it's an emotional, personal, or professional context. And then the last thing is, if you are one of the people who are sharing, is that you speak your truth and show up 100% during these calls. And that will help provide the learning for yourself and for those who are listening to this in a very open and authentic way. I wanted to really let the people know who are listening to this in the in, in the home study course that all of the things that Shelley just talked about, the active listening, the confidentiality, keeping sacred what we're talking about here and speaking your truth, feeling as though you can really allow your, your complete and whole self to come forward is so important as a context for listening to this material. As you know, if you've been working with horses, horses speak to that part of us, which is not our heads. It speaks to our heart. And as a result of that, the learning comes in in a different way. So we actually receive the material and information from a different place. And then from there, we can integrate it cognitively. And that is one of the basic foundations of coaching with horses. Equine facilitated or equine assisted coaching with horses is not simply just creating an experience. It has so much to do with who you are and how you are being as you are taking in the information and experiencing the information around you. So you all get a chance to practice that and really hone your skill at being present through these things that Shelley was saying through listening, through holding sacred the space, and through really being willing to hold your truth as it comes up as we have these discussions and uh, hear this material. So I just wanted to make sure that you know that this applies to anyone who's listening to this, as well as for those of you who are on the call live. Okay, that's what I had to say. Perfect. So we want to set the container 
and all come together here in the same space, even if you're listening to this in a different time in a different area of the world, just taking a moment now to become fully present to what you're about to receive and to take a nice deep breath. Feel the air in your lungs. Notice your surroundings. Connecting with your five senses. What's the temperature in the room where you are right now? Becoming present. Feeling your feet inside your socks or your shoes or barefoot on the floor. Feeling your tush in your seat. Just becoming physically and mentally present. And then taking that awareness to that open space in your heart that Lisa was talking about so that you can receive this information on more than just a cognitive level, but on an intuitive and cellular level. And if you're not quite sure about a specific topic or concept, just feel into it. Just know that you're receiving the information and that it will make itself known to you as time goes on. Sometimes if you're not able to ask a question right away, you worry that you're not getting the information. But just trust that you are. You are receiving the information. And and support is available to you all along the way. So with that, open heart, open mind, fully present, let's get started. Hmm. Great. Thank you so much, Shelley. Uh, did we want to check in with Peg? And so, Peg, if you want to unmute your microphone, and since you're on the call live with us here, where are you today? What What is your context, if you will, or how are you feeling about this first content call? Um, well, first of all, I'm glad <clears throat> I'm glad to be hearing you both since I had such a wonderful experience in at Shelley's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's nice to touch base again. Um, I have, I noticed when, when uh, Shelley, you were creating the container, I, I had previously written down some questions and some things that were on my mind. But when you said, um, breathe into your heart, I thought, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't really been here with my heart, so that was helpful. I mean, I was here with my heart, but I, it wasn't—I wasn't really prepared, so it was very helpful. And I'm just kind of open to what, um, whatever, I, whatever may come. Having read some of this um, material, I feel very confident that I, I, I understand what they're, what we're talking about here with this coaching and the 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 ethics and the listening the different levels of listening and um uh, and all that so i mean i i i recognize it and so i i have some hooks to to take in more wonderful wonderful peg thank you yeah. as i'm as i'm starting uh my check in would simply be that this is great. I love the start of a new course. It's time to just uh, allow, even though Shelley and I've done this material and recorded this uh, for 
many, many times. It's just always an opportunity to have a beginner's mind as we begin this. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, uh, Peg, you want to go ahead and mute your mic? And then uh, Shelly, do you want to check in a little bit? Yes, just like you said, Lisa, I the whole beginner's mind, and I feel that way every single time we do this, that <laughs> it's brand new because for me it becomes a whole other – it's like reading a, a fabulous book over and over again and learning new things every time you read it. It feels mm-hmm. like that. Also, I also wanted to address – Peg mentioned that you have some questions that you've written down. That's wonderful, and if throughout – the content of today's call, those questions are not answered, you're going to have opportunity to ask questions as we go on. Also, I just wanted to say for anyone on the call uh, live and even listening, if you have other kinds of questions outside of the content of this call, like technical questions or um, other course questions, that kind of thing, please send those in an email or schedule a time to talk with one of us. Um, well, we so we, have face group too, <clears throat> we have the face group We have the Facebook. Mm-hmm. We have a we have the Facebook group. We have the, and then we have the forum community area for people to ask questions. Great. Okay, I love checking in. It's just an important way again to receive this material from a very present place. So, what I'd like to look at first are the what I consider the foundations. Actually, both of these are the foundations of coaching, the ICF core competencies and the five list levels of listening. And I'd like to take a look at setting the foundation, which is the first of the ICF core competencies. So if you have that material with you, you can follow along. Most of this is pretty straightforward, and yet it's always helpful for me after coaching for over 20 years to still take a look at this and say, okay, really, do I do this? Where else can my coaching improve? How else can I open the door for what wants to happen? And the horses definitely keep me on my toes if I do not do this. (laughs) So setting the foundation is really important. Uh, It talks about meeting the ethical guidelines and professional standards. And of course, you can read this material. I won't go into this too much. It really talks about what the difference is between coaching, therapy, facilitation, and counseling. As far as the ICF coaching model goes, it's about not being the expert. It's really holding that space for what wants to happen and not giving advice, not trying to fix and really just being there in the moment. Those of you who are working with horses, have you ever asked, been with a horse and it given you advice? Well, maybe we thought it did, but the horses don't talk to you and say, well, let me, let me think about this. What do you think? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Well, what you need to do is this or that. No, it's much more subtle. The wisdom is much deeper. And so that's one of the reasons why I felt that coaching and horses went so well together because it's not about fixing. It's about being present and seeing what's happening and being able to hold that space. And the horses are amazing teachers at that because that is what they do. They hold the space. And in that space, their very presence creates the openness and opportunity for us to evolve in whatever way needs to happen at that time. As a coach, being able to do that is meeting the ethical guidelines and professional standards of the ICF coaching model. Establishing the coaching agreement, which is number two, is one of my favorite things. And those of you who work with me 
have heard me say this so many times, the end is in the beginning. Brutal Bettelheim, who was a child psychologist, is the person to whom I attribute this. The end is in the beginning. And basically, what we mean by that is however something starts out is how it's going to end up. Think about it. Remember a time when you began something. How did you begin it? With clarity? Did you begin it with, uh, well, I don't know for sure? Did you begin it with love? Did you begin it with hostility? Think about the course of that that action, that course, that relationship, that whatever. How did it end up? Generally, what happens is it only continues in the same direction and gets either better or worse exponentially, depending on which way you began it. So establishing that initial agreement, the beginning, is really the foundation, a continuation of that foundation for the relationship that you go forward with and develop with your coaching client and with the horses. I mean, think about it with the horses. You must set an initial agreement. I mean, who's in charge here or what are our parameters or what are we doing? All of these things are establishing that that coaching agreement. And by the way, again, you are not the expert as a coach. You're, you are together with your client in partnership. You're together with the horse in partnership. What do we need to make clear in order for us to go forward in a very positive way. Right. And Lisa, wouldn't you agree that this establishing the coaching agreement is something that is ongoing, sometimes maybe even several times in one session, mm-hmm. to mention over the lifetime of the relationship? Excellent point. I, and, and again, I will refer to, Shelley and I will refer to often, think about when you're with horses. You may establish the agreement initially, And then, well, maybe that's just not what wants to happen that day, whether you're on the horse's back or you're on the ground. You need to say, okay, hold it, time out, (laughs) reframe. (laughs) Let's see what actually can happen now that we're both present and we're paying attention to how the other one is and what wants to happen. So thank you very much, Shelley. I always say that it's never, ever, ever too late to say do over. Can we start again? (laughs) Because, as I said, it only gets worse. It's not going to get better. You just can say, I remember one of my coaches who was actually a trainer for jumping because I do uh, compete and jump. And he would tell me he's an Olympic trainer. And he said, you know, when you get six strides out, forget about it. If you if you're not ready, then the horse is not going to go. Just say, okay, we'll do it another day. Circle, come back and approach it again. And from that place, that's a do over. So that's establishing that agreement. You can do it over. You just need to be clear. All right, let's go to this next one, which is also part of the uh, core competencies. Co-creating the relationship. You know, some of this stuff, I, I always laugh, Shelley. They see they're they're different and separate and itemized, but actually, we say we keep saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> they're also right. very similar. Right. They they build upon each other. And when you set the coaching agreement and you're co-creating this relationship, right, you're not the expert, then you need to be able to create the intimacy and establish the trust with the client. And sometimes you have to start over again. So that goes to your comment before. Helping yourself to be present by being present for them. And what does that look like? 
It continually demonstrates personal integrity, honesty, and sincerity. It also demonstrates respect. We all know how important respect is for the horse and how much respect we want to have for them and with them and their learning style. We know some horses, when you ask them to do certain things, will do it very easily. And others, it's really a challenge for them. So we have to take that into consideration. One size does not fit all. And if you're present and you're aware, then you do co-create the relationship. Coaching presence. Now, this sounds like uh, quite the term. But it really is the ability to be fully conscious and create spontaneous relationship, employing a style that is open, flexible, and confident. Now, if that's not describing a horse when you're really present, then I don't, I, I, I mean, the horse just totally personify all of this that we're talking about today. So we can really learn how to be a good coach through carefully observing what our horses are doing. And as we apply it to our human forms, the coaching presence is just about trusting what you're feeling, trusting your inner knowing. I know in our whole equine alchemy certification course, we really talk a lot about the messages behind emotions and Carnal McLaren's work in the language of emotions and Linda Kohana's adaptation of that. Those things are a very clear and concise way of looking at our emotions, looking at our feelings, exploring them and, and discovering the meaning behind them. And that takes a bit of vulnerability to feel those feelings. Again, we're going to come to this point in terms of coaching. Coaching is not about you being the expert. It's about being present and holding the space for what wants to happen. We call this, as Kathleen Barry Ingram called it, the sacred space of possibility. And if you're going to hold that space, you're going to have to be able to feel what you're feeling and not react to it in a negative way. Just notice it. Noticing is one of the most important words in this entire vernacular of coaching with horses. So if you're accessing your own intuition and you're trusting that, going with your gut, that takes vulnerability because it may not give you an answer because you're not looking for an answer. You're just connecting with yourself. I think wanting to have the answer is probably the toughest things that all of the students that we work with face. And it's a common misperception with coaching because I've been a consultant and a trainer and a counselor, advisor, and a coach. I know that certain people hire me because they want me to tell them answers. Other people hire me because they want me to advise them, given my particular area of expertise, and I'm specifically talking about business right now, they need my input. But when I'm coaching someone, we are in that relationship together, and we're holding the space for what wants to happen. We are inviting vulnerability, and we are moving forward in that. The next is communicating effectively. Now, uh, I'm not going to go so much into this because we're going to go over the uh, four levels of listening after this. But obviously, it's the ability to attend what's happening to the client, not thinking about what we think it is or how we see how they're messed up or how we see what needs to happen. No, it's just being able to verbally and non-verbally communicate. As I said, we're going to go over that in a little bit. Powerful questioning. 
I th- I always think about this. I, I when I do, I think about my sister Susan, who when she first went through the coaching course many years ago. Now she's a coach. Now she's a therapist. She's been a learning uh, expert for many many years. She was so concerned about the questions. How do I know what questions to ask if I can't tell anyone what to do because that's not coaching? How how do I know what questions? It's a really good question. How do I know what are the questions? So these questions reflect active listening. And they really are questions to evoke discovery. And curiosity is a really big part of coaching. I always say, don't ask a question that you know the answer to. It's a, it's a very important challenge for many of us to really ask a question that's showing vulnerability that we don't know the answer to. It's kind of like we don't want to lead the witness, so to speak. We don't want to have our agenda. We want to be open to what the client might discover for themselves. And by the way, they may not even know. Shelly, do you have any input into the powerful questioning? One of the things that I think is really important about like what you said is don't ask a question you already know the answer to. And then also what they mention here is to not ask questions that ask the client to justify why they are where they are now or to look backward because that's mm-hmm. not the point is to help them forward from where they are now to where they want to be. Yeah, that's another of the nice differentiations between very simple differentiations between coaching and therapy. Coaching is really about moving forwards. Thank you for that. Let's look at direct communication. This is not this is about not beating around the bush. For the most part, I mean, if some people, when they want to be very direct and, and, and really, if you are there with your client as a coach, you are their cheerleader, you are their partner, you want to tell them like it is. If what is happening with them is not serving them in moving forward to the place that they want to move, which you established in the coaching agreement. So you need to be able to just say, is this working for you? What happens when you do that? This is something that you really need to look at. So these are things where you just don't beat around the bush. You just get to it. And it's articulate, clear, direct, sharing and providing the feedback, just like it says. It can reframe and articulate as the client often gets so lost in their story. That's probably why they need a coach, because they can't get out of their story. So it also clearly reminds the client of their objectives and the purpose of why they're even there with you. And it also uses uh, the client's language. You know, there's certain, if you're really listening, you can tell there's a certain way that the client speaks. There's certain metaphors or phrases that they use. Hear that. Pay attention to it. Reframe, articulate your coaching within their language. And it helps them to see themselves more clearly. Having you reflect what you hear in their language. And we're going to talk more about that later. And of course, we'll be demonstrating this in the peer coaching calls, which are all part of this module. So remember, as Shelley said earlier, if you're hearing some of this stuff and you're saying, what? What does that mean? No worries. You have uh, an opportunity for us to demonstrate this. You can hear it. And you also have some uh, opportunity to practice it, Peg. And uh, there's all kinds of things and ways that we'll be playing with this throughout the entire course. So this is not the only time you will hear this information. 
you will use it on a consistent basis. And then the last part of this is facilitating learning and results. Now, this is also another uh, simple differentiating, although very important uh, differentiating factor from coaching and therapy. There really are concrete, in terms of awareness, results. People who are coaching usually have something specific in mind. That's what you need to establish in, when you're co uh, co-creating the relationship and setting the foundation. And it is a, a kind of a North Star for you as you're coaching. You need to be able to say, all right, this is what you said you wanted to do. Here's where we're going. Here's where we're off track. Here, let's get back on track or again, a redo. Do you no longer want this particular thing? Is this no, no longer your objective? Is this not the result that you would like to have? You just renegotiate and you come up with what seems to be the next thing to go towards. So creating awareness and how you are living your life and whether or not that is helping you to get to where you want to go is a huge part of coaching. And that's what all of these letters under creating awareness are about, helping you to identify your strengths, your weaknesses, your patterns, your situations, your relationships your beliefs, your assumptions, all of those helping you to discover those things which are something that you want to keep that are helping you and some of those things that you might want to revisit and either shift or get rid of completely. So that's the first part of facilitating learning and results. And then there, of course, is the designing actions. All right, so now you have these awarenesses. Now you have this new insight around your beliefs, your thoughts, your assumptions, your patterns, your relationships. So what? Now what? Those are the two really important phrases. So <clears throat> how can you help the client to create opportunities for ongoing learning? How can you help them to actually create their life differently in practicality? How does their awareness show up in each and every day and in everything that they're doing? So this really is the things that a lot of people drop is, what do I do with this now? And in coaching, it's one of the most important things. And then in planning and goal setting, this is really about putting it all together. Now, where do you want to go given all of this? How are you going to do it? And then the last one is uh, managing progress and accountability. And managing progress and accountability really is about what are your thoughts, beliefs, and actions around doing what you say you're going to do or implementing what you say you want to implement. So progress and accountability is a whole other aspect of coaching and one of the most important parts. Because the And I haven't spent a lot of time on that in this particular call because it is uh, there's a lot in these core competencies. And I just want you for right now to understand that there is an outcome in a coaching process, in a coaching relationship. It begins with setting the foundation, being clear about what you want and how you want to go forward, making sure that you're communicating and listening and questioning in a way that it gets to the heart, literally, of the matter, and then taking all of that information to create awarenesses and insights that the client comes to themselves through this process and then supporting them to put it into action and really create their life in a different way. And then finally, as a coach, 
supporting them with all of the progress that they're making and even helping them to remember how to be gentle with themselves if if they're not exactly perfect in how they want to do everything. Really letting them know and supporting them that this is always a learning process and allowing them to to evolve as a person, not just get to a practical goal. So that's pretty much the core competencies of the ICF. Shelley, Peg, any insights, questions, comments? This is Peg. I <laughs> I um, realized that when I signed up for this, I was aware that I wanted to work with my horse and mm-hmm. know more about how to know her and mm-hmm. get to know her and, you know, listen and respect her. The second thing I was aware of is that I wanted to get more familiar with my own blind spots. And I had read enough and about horses and from Linda Kohenoff and others mm-hmm. to, to know that they that horses were a good way to help me. The mirror idea that I could get to some mm-hmm. blind spots that I've been unable to see otherwise. But what just listening now to you go through these core competencies, for some reason, it never occurred to me that there's a so what. And I'm just I started <laughs> making star wow. Imagine that I get to see some of these blind spots and then have can make some changes. Wow, it just mm. got very exciting. So that's my comment. I'll- Thank you so much, Peg. <laughs> Shelley? That was Anything great. to add? Yeah. The, well, the the other thing is, and I know this will come up more as we in future modules, but just to wrap up the whole managing progress and accountability is that um, as part of the so what is being able to help somebody or be helped with what it is you want to have different in your life is one of the gifts of of being a coach, not just to help people discover their own genius and their own answers, but to help them actually take action on it because that's the scary part. Mm. Once you get to the part that, that Peg just realized, then actually going, oh, wow, I need to do something about this. The actual doing it, it can sometimes just be terrifying or, or exciting. So it's wonderful to have somebody to share it with as well as have someone to hold you accountable, like you said, cheer you on help you design the right action and just be there for you. That's a, a very big deal, big part of this. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Shelley. We all kind of lose that sometimes. We get so involved in the wisdom and the just magic of coaching with the horses that sometimes we just want to stay in that experience. But there's a point to that experience. <laughs> there is a way for us to move forward in our lives. And I love what you said, discover your own genius through these awarenesses. And that's what coaching is about. Okay, I'm noticing the time and I I will say that we'll probably go about five minutes, seven minutes longer on this first call, simply because we had uh, the community learning agreements and a little bit of things in the beginning. So let me just talk a little bit here about the five coaching contexts This is from the book, and this is also on your reading list, Coactive Coaching. And these are also the uh, five, uh, what we're going to look at here, uh, uh, the levels of listening as well. So the first of the coaching contexts is listening. So there's level one listening, and this is about words only. This is when you're just hearing stuff 
and you probably aren't paying any attention to it, but you can hear it. Your body actually hears it. It's not anything that we really think about. Level two listening is about the words as well, but it includes the coach listening beyond these words. Haven't you ever heard anybody say something and you go, hmm, what did they mean by that? Or without even being skeptical, hmm, wow, that sounds like there's a lot behind those words. And so it's not just listening to what is being said, but what is not being said. This is a very important one. And then level three is about the entire system around the coach, the coachee, the words, the story. It's kind of a meta level of listening. And so this is the one where we're listening with our intuition and we're listening with all of the senses and we're really beginning to interact with this person on a completely different level. So level two is begins the beginning place for coaches. If you are at level one, then you're probably not in a coaching place. And if you read through Coactive Coaching, you'll see some specific examples of this. So I encourage you to do that. Level two and level three are where you start stepping into coaching. Level three is a big, big leap into being a very masterful coach. And it all kind of bleeds into actually what's not on this particular sheet or handout peg. And it's level four listening. I went outside Coactive Coaching and I added my level four listening. And what I mean by that is what we're doing with the horses. There is what Linda Kohanov calls intersubjectivity with the horses. And that's about the ability to exist in two subjective states simultaneously. You know, that third place, you know, you're with the horses and you are really feeling them. They're really feeling you. And so that thing that happens when those two places meet, that is where the magic is. Really the magic. Now, coaching from this place is what I have learned to do through working with the horses. It's an entirely different level of listening. I mean, we call it level four. It could be the magic level. It could be many different ones, but I'm calling it level four listening. And that's what I feel like the horses taught me as a coach and can teach all coaches to coach from that place. It's very important. It goes beyond what is listed here as intuition. Intuition is a word that I think most of us can understand. And for those of you who have worked with the horses, you know that it's difficult to articulate what just happened. A lot of times people want to leave it in a mystical realm, and that's lovely and wonderful. <clears throat> but being able to understand what's actually happening electromagnetically, physically, cognitively, limbically, somatically, all of those things is an important thing, uh, an important component of being able to coach from that point. Actions and learning, we need to be able to, as we just said, go into action and learning and help the client to go there. How do we, do we really support that for them? And then managing ourselves. Now, this is a little, this is very interesting. We've had several coaches who've already, our ICF coaches go through this course, the EAC certification course, which is the 18 month program. And they are really surprised that they really need to work on this. It's not Coaching is not about the coach. 
It's all about the client and their agenda, possibilities, and outcome. Your role as coach is to be supportive as possible while remaining almost invisible. Yet at the same time, just as you can sit back and be as invisible your very as, as possible, your very presence is going to impact the situation. Think about it if you were in a round pen with a horse. If the horse was just there, you're not there. And then you walk in, no matter if you're just standing there, if you're really totally fully present, it impacts that relationship. So whatever you do, whatever you're thinking you know is going to impact what's going to be happening with that horse. The same is true with coaching. How you are showing up determines the relationship between you and your coachee. And then number five is curiosity. Remember when we talked about really be curious. Don't ask a question that you already know the answer to or avoid. It's like a sandbox to play in. Can you be curious? Can you listen on all these different levels? Enter into this other sacred magical space that we know can happen when we're interacting with the horse. You can bring that to your coaching. Listening to our gut, creating actions and learning from all of these awarenesses, noticing in ourselves what's happening and and putting that aside and being curious. I actually say that coaching is uh, listening, speaking, experiencing all at the same time. So you need to be able to notice what's happening to you put it aside or allow it to neutralize so that you can really be present with your client. So these are the five coaching contexts. Again, we will uh, be playing with these a little bit in our peer coaching call and doing some demonstrations and completely going into depth on all of these as we move through the course. Shelly or Peg, comments, questions? Um, yeah, this is Shelly. One of the things about one of the things that we've talked about that most of the people who are engaged in with this material now either went through our salon series and have heard us speak many many times about what is coaching integration and the difference between facilitation and coaching and the integration of the two of those things. When you were talking about the fourth level of listening that is not in the book, it what the horses bring to us and teach us. That is the difference. That is the integration that takes it all to a whole other level of understanding and knowing embodiment. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Lovely showing. Peg? Oh, I just am so excited by all this. I don't know. I have nothing really to say except I'm... (laughs) (laughs) I love that you're excited. Well, now can oh. you see can you see Peg how there's the coach experience and there's the horse experience, but putting them together, experiencing them together, makes the whole thing so much more rich. Oh my gosh! I mean, to, this whole idea of having these two subjective awarenesses, myself and the horse, or and the client for that matter, simultaneously, mm-hmm. it's just. Whew. I mean, you can't. I can't. I've never used my mind to do such a thing. <laughs> That's because your heart. Your heart was doing it when we saw you last year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's all hard. Now, I I went to give uh, uh, to Worm one of our horses who's been so reluctant for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I just went in there and I was so aware that I wanted to be kind to him. 
And I was also very aware that this wasn't a bad thing we were going to do. And he started pitching his head around, and he did that about nine or ten times. And so I just left it there and warmed my other horse, who's easy to do. And I came back, and I just put the thing right in his mouth. (laughs) And I thought, wow, it just takes this awareness Hmm. and responding to this awareness so like awareness was, of the awareness of the horse awareness of you awareness of the whole thing yeah awareness of julep and the other horses and the whole where we were and the rain and and just uh knowing that everything was safe and everything was fine and i just i think it's my heart level i just communicated that to him and so did julep with the other horse who mm-hmm. just took the warmer right away and he saw the whole thing, and it just went like, "Gad, it was magic." <laughs> oh, that is lovely, Peg. Thank you. It is. Thank you and so it, much. It is. It is so exciting. It's very exciting to me. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful, wonderful way to conclude the first content call that has so much information in it. And I know that all of you have either read it or you're going to read it. And as we invited you into hearing this information from a different place, receiving the information from a different place, we hope that this insight from Peg and from Shelley and I will help you to embody that information in a different way and be able to understand and move forward on your coaching journey. Shelley, did you have anything else to add? No, thank you for being with us, and there's so, so much more to come. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you. This is the end of content call number one, and uh, we will see you on the Peer Coach